Steve Gokdina and welcome back to the Crazy House Prices podcast. As always, massive thank you to my patrons for supporting the page and the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about some of the problems in the housing market in Ireland, whether that's the, the buying process or the actual market itself, and some solutions that some are original, some are borrowed, and some I haven't really thought through very well, but it's, look, it's a discussion, and surely the well-paid advisors in the government should be doing this instead of me. But anyway, here we go. So the problems in no particular order that I see, right? Now, this is coming from thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations with people trying to buy a home. So I honestly, and I'm not just saying that I'm not to give myself a big head or anything, but I don't think there is anyone else in the country who has spoken to as many people who are trying to buy a home as I have over the last three or four years. So I do think I'm well positioned to know what are the most common problems and what are what are the problems most people are facing. So I've 13, here's a quick list at the start and then I'll go through them through the solutions then afterwards. So number one, the home buying is taking too long. Number two, people are being gazumped. Number three, buyers, sellers are pulling out of sales. Number four, local authorities buying up existing stock. Number five, build rent. Number six, fixer-uppers. Number seven, investors buying existing or new stock. Number eight, self-employed people being unfairly treated. Number nine, fake bids and a lack of transparency. Number 10, over 160,000 vacant homes. Number 11, the dodgy valuation process. Number 12, demand side schemes from government. And number 13, inaccurate advertisements for homes. So, number one, it takes way too long to buy a home in Ireland, uh, down to a number of issues. But the most common ones are issues after a survey and uh, homes that are being sold that are in probate. So, I think the solution to this is a pre-sale survey. So, I think sellers should have to get the property surveyed by a registered surveyor to show up what issues the property has before it's allowed to be advertised for sale. They do this in places like Scotland and I just think this will bring more transparency and faster turnaround times. Uh, they also do sealed bids and a closing date. And then the obvious solution for the probate office is to just put more staff in there. But I do think the pre-sale survey thing would be great. I think the only people that lose out on this then are the actual surveyors. I do know a lot of the surveyors end up doing the same survey two or three times on the same home sometimes, which is just mad. Like it's such a waste of money. And then there's no barrier for sellers then. Do you know you can just put your house up for sale tomorrow without much thought. I think when they have to go through a whole survey and stuff and they actually have to put some money into it, um, it means they're more serious and less likely to pull out then. Problem number two then is gazumping and the simple solution to that is just make it illegal. So gazumping is when your sale agreed and you've paid your deposit or your booking deposit anyway and then someone comes along and offers more money and then your sale agreed is ripped up and it's given to whoever offer, offered more money. Gazumping is illegal in other countries and there was talk of making it illegal back in the Celtic Tiger years. Problem three then kind of would link in with the first two is a sale agreed contract. So buyers and sellers pull out all the time, usually for bigger issues like, you know, there's an issue with the house that came up in the survey, blah, blah, blah. Again, that would all be solved if there was a pre-sale survey. But sometimes people just pull out because in a seller's case, they maybe they just get greedy and they want more money or in the buyer's case, maybe they were bidding on two or three houses at the same time. 
time and, and maybe they were successful on two or whatever. But anyway, you shouldn't be able to pull out unless you have a valid reason. So I think a sale agreed contract will be good. So the two parties are sale agreed, a little contract is signed, so neither can pull out uh, without a valid reason. And if one does, they're fined two times the booking deposit to be payable to the other party. They do this in other countries in Europe and it seems to work well. Next problem is local authorities buying up existing stock. Now I get it, we need social housing, but in my opinion, they should be building rather than buying social housing. Um, so lo- like just the stats I went through with Lorcan Sir. So if you haven't listened to that podcast that I did with Dr. Lorcan Sir, please listen to it. It's unbelievable. But because local authorities and uh, investment funds are buying up so much of existing stock, it just means that there are very few houses then coming for sale uh, on the on the open market when it comes in terms of new builds, like funds and, and councils are buying a massive amount of new builds, but they're also buying up existing stock as well. So just for, as an example, existing stock between 2017 and 2020, non-household purchases, so that's the state and funds, jumped from 16% to 23% of all second-hand purchases in Dublin and 13 to 16% nationally. Like that's a huge jump Like to for 23% of all second-hand houses or apartments to be bought by the state and by investment funds. Like that's that's a quarter of like one in every four houses pretty much is, is not available then. And that's these are existing houses, not even newly built ones. So I think that's a massive problem. And uh, we should just stop that really, basically. And, and uh, maybe only, only owner-occupiers can purchase those. Next problem is built rent. Again, I touched on this with Lorcan in my first podcast. But just in terms of kind of some stats from my own page. And like when I look at surveys in newspapers or whatever in the media, the sample size is usually about a thousand people thereabouts. Like I did a, a survey on renters and over 20,000 responded so it's a huge sample size and 96% of those renters said they do not want to rent they would rather buy their home so like I know we're pushed that the whole renting is pushed all the time but I just don't think the data is there to show that demand is as high as developers would make you believe now obviously my followers are a little bit more biased they do all want to buy their home hence probably why it's 96% but that's my Instagram audience but on Twitter which is a completely different audience to be honest um, I don't have as good a relationship with my Twitter followers I don't really know who they are I don't put much time into it but there was a good I think three or four or five thousand maybe responses on that and that was around 94% wanted to buy their home so um I just think like the way I look at it is pretty much 90% of all planning permissions at the moment are for build to rent. You, you cannot buy an apartment in Dublin. There hasn't been an apartment available to buy for years. Um, so if say 96% of people want to buy their own home, if they were actually able to buy a home, well then the home they're currently renting would be available on the market then for someone else to rent. So you're not losing any stock down or maybe you're losing a little bit, but sure everything that's being built is built to rent. So there's loads of stock going in there and we're, we're hearing all the time about government's uh, uh, completions and uh, rates and all that kind of stuff so I just think it makes makes sense then if somebody is renting and they don't want to rent it, if there's a home available for them to buy and they buy it well then the house or the home they're renting is now available so like to me that just makes sense maybe it's too simple but anyway problem six fixer uppers are extremely expensive to renovate I know this from personal experience um, and I had to get a credit union loan and it's killing my wages every two weeks coming out because 
because I'm paying like I think it's six or seven percent on my credit union loan. Whereas if the government would give zero percent loans, say green loans to retrofit a house and you can guarantee then you're getting it up to a B rating or an A rating or whatever. I just think it makes way more sense uh, for the government to put money into this rather than like the, the, the hundreds of millions they're pumping into leasing social housing for 25 years and then we own nothing at the end. Like that's just madness. I just think this would be a better way to spend that money. Problem seven then is uh, foreign investors buying existing and new stock. Now this is an anecdotal example but one of the lads on Instagram messaged me about a house in Rathfarnham and an Asian investor bought the house the day like it was a new build and I think that was five years ago and no one has been in the house since they parked a jeep up outside it and you can actually see if you go onto Google Maps and the street view you can you can kind of change the dates and stuff and you see the car hasn't moved there's just kind of weeds growing around it, and then the neighbors are cutting the grass and stuff but uh so this guy lives next door to the house so he sees the house every day and no one has been in that house since it was built I think they're built about four or five or six years maybe um and then I did look up on the land registry and you can actually see the name it's an Asian name of the person who bought it uh and then it's part of a company so I don't know what the story is there what like I don't know how it makes sense to buy a house and sit in I suppose it's worth probably double what they paid for it now nearly um but like that kind of stuff I suppose that's part of the the vacant homes thing which I'll talk about a little bit later on but it's just when we're in the middle of a housing crisis and there are very few homes available to buy people are really struggling it's just it makes me feel a bit sick thinking of that that uh foreign investors can come in and just buy these brand new family homes and and they sit there like empty doing nothing it's just a disgrace problem eight then is for self-employed people so like this doesn't make any sense to me right so if you're self-employed you need to usually three years of accounts for when you're applying for a mortgage but let's say i'm a staff member of that self-employed person i can get my mortgage in six months so it doesn't make sense i guess i feel like and i think i'm not self-employed but like my lots of my family are and i used to be and i know loads of people that are and i just think they're really unfairly treated by banks looking for two or three years of accounts i get that banks want to make sure the business is stable but how does that make sense if an employee can get a mortgage after six months but the owner of the business can't like the two things don't add up either the the company is successful or it isn't but if that company goes bust well the staff member is not going to be able to pay their mortgage either so it makes no sense that the owner has to get two or three years of accounts but a staff member doesn't so i just think uh self-employed people are treated pretty unfairly in that aspect problem nine is fake bids now they don't happen as often as we'd all like to think but they absolutely do happen and as far as i know no agent has ever lost their license for fake bids so as an example i got and, and i know the estate agent they're in dublin and personally i wouldn't deal with them at all but they two friends are basically bidding on a house and the two friends at the time didn't know they were both bidding on the same house and the agent told both parties that they're you're bidding against someone else so there's only two people bidding and the bidding went on or whatever they're getting emails oh there's another bid of 10 grand extra uh, do you want to respond blah 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 so anyway in the end let's say for example the bids went 280 290 300 it sold down for 300 and then those two friends then were chatting a couple of weeks later and he, he was saying oh I just went sale agreed on a house blah 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 and they were like what house and then they were like what 
I was bidding on that and then they realized that they were both bidding on it. So they went through their bids and the agent put a fake 10 grand bid on and they know for a fact that it was a fake bid added on. Now, I did tell them to please report it to PSRA, etc. But um, they wouldn't uh, because the problem with reports to the PSRA is they're one, they go unresponded to and two, they can't be anonymous either. And I kind of understand that, but it's also tough when, let's say, there's only one agent who kind of has the whole market in a certain area. If it's not anonymous, then that agent knows you're after putting a report in and then there's like they're not going to engage with you. So the, the, the fake bids things, it doesn't happen that as often, but it definitely happens and nothing is ever really done about it. And I just think it's a disgrace. Uh, and it's not every agent, obviously. It's only a few kind of bad apples, but they do give the entire industry a really bad reputation. Problem 10 is the fact that we have over 160,000 vacant habitable homes. This is in the most recent census. So the people who were taking the census, they had to call numerous times over the couple of months. They talked to neighbors, etc. It's not just a one-off on one day it was empty. They do their due diligence. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> so they are empty homes. These are empty habitable homes. That is ridiculous. So there should be a vacant home tax uh, and you can exempt holiday homes from it. You can exempt homes that are stuck up in the in the fair deal scheme and just tax the others. The same for dereliction. Like like I was posting about those uh, lovely buildings on Ainger Street that were allowed to fall into dereliction. And the person that owns that is so rich that they have an underground showroom in one of their hotels for their Ferrari. But they own a load of vacant buildings on Ainger Street that are just, they bought for nothing and are sitting there. And when they bought them, they weren't as bad. There was actually people living in them and now they're derelict and they're not habitable. So, but like that, that person has, is not doing like, it's not being punished whatsoever for that. I just think dereliction is a crime. I think it's a disgrace, especially when these are fabulous, like two, 300 year old buildings. They, it's got so much heritage, so much history, and they're just allowed to fall to ruin because somebody is so rich that they don't care. And that again, just makes me feel just really sick. It's, I just think it's awful. Next problem then is with valuations. Probably not a huge issue, but it is an issue. And the problem is valuers of houses are often estate agents. I don't think that should be allowed. I And I'm not having a go with estate agents in this podcast all the time. Like this, I talk to loads of estate agents all the time and they're lovely. But it should be a separate profession. I know it is, but it should. you shouldn't be allowed value houses if you're an estate agent in terms of for another, another bank or whatever. Because it's within, let's say I'm an estate agent and I have two houses for sale and one just went sale agreed at a massively inflated price and I'm valuing it then for the bank. It's within my interest to say, yeah, it's worth that because now the two homes I have for sale are, are going to be worth more as well because that's how it works. So um, I know it's a case of like, you know, a house is worth whatever someone's willing to pay and all that, but I still think it should be separate because there's definitely a conflict of interest there. Like even for example, our own house, we got valued because we're remortgaging and like what it was revalued at is just absolutely astronomical and way, way more than what we paid. And you might be listening to that thinking, oh, well, like, Jesus, why are you giving out? Like, that's great. And I'm not giving out. Like, it makes no odds to me what it's worth because it's our home. I'm not looking to flip it or whatever. Like, we want to hopefully stay in it forever if it's if it's going to be big enough. But I just, it's it's kind of like, a few people have said it to me before where they were getting it valued and the value rang them and they didn't even go into the house. They kind of sat outside the house in the car because they were so busy. And like, this isn't a lie. Like, I know it's it's just a story, but like, it, 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 it's a friend of mine who did it. And they they were like, well, they rang them. I was like, come here, what do you say, Legrida, on this thing? And let's say they said 450. Grant, okay. And then they put it down that its value is 450 without even going in and having a look at the house. So I know, again, it's probably a very small minority of people doing that, but it's still a problem. 
all the same and I don't think it should be allowed to happen. Another problem that I always bang on about are these demand side schemes that the government are using like help to buy and the shared equity scheme because they are demand side. We have enough demand so all they're doing is kind of propping up inflated prices and they have been proven to increase house prices. They don't work. They've been proven time and time again the ESRI, ESRI and all the rest so I just think the simple solution is to stop uh, letting developers write their policies and stop uh, doing demand side schemes and do more supply side schemes a bit like the vacant home tax. And the final problem number 13 is inaccurate listings. I know this is really petty and no one's buying a home without going to look at it and if it's written in one area and it's in it's actually in a different area and all that it's not a huge problem but it's just really really annoying because I just just no other profession is allowed to lie in an ad but when it comes to property in Ireland it seems to be kind of a case of anything goes but like you, they're just blatant lies and it actually got to a point where I think they were doing it on purpose to wind me up and I'd post and give it free advertising so I've kind of stopped doing that a little bit but um some of them are just so outrageous so I think the solution would be use air codes and I know they do need to put an air code in but you should put an air code in and not be allowed to override it so as it is on those platforms you can put it in and the address comes up but you're allowed to override it and pretty much put in whatever you want you can say the house is on the moon uh so you just shouldn't be allowed to override it and it should just go off the air codes now there are issues with air codes as well but whatever it's a small one it's a petty one i know but it just really irritates so they are my solutions to some of the problems we face <laughs> in the property market here in Ireland. Uh, some are huge problems, some are very small, but they are all problems and I think they should be fixed. So thank you for listening. Again, if you enjoy this, if you enjoy my Instagram, please do think about going to support me on Patreon. And also, if you enjoy any creator's content and they have a Patreon, go and support them on it or if they have any other way of supporting them. It's only a few euro to you, but it really does make a massive difference to the person, myself included as it allows them to really be independent self-published content like mine and means then they don't have to go look for sponsors to keep it going they're not answerable to any companies telling them what to say uh, podcasts like blind boy and stuff like it's just amazing and we just in previous generations they wouldn't have had su- such good access to amazing talent so do think about supporting any kind of content creators that you like on their patreon or whatever they have that allows you to support them august shine thank you so much for listening and have a great day.